Coming up, a conversation with Chanita Davis, Colorado Springs at-large city council candidate. This is 6035 Media. Casting an informed vote is your right and your duty as a citizen. I'm Brian Grossman, executive editor at 6035 News Magazine. And I'm Shelley Roars, spokesperson for the League of Women Voters at the Pikes Peak region. We are teaming up to bring you conversations with the candidates in the April 2023 Colorado Springs City election. So this interview is both an episode of the new 6035 Vote podcast. And the League's Making Democracy Work podcast. So let's get to it. Welcome, Shanita. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Yes, ma'am. So we're going to get started with just kind of a basic one. Let our listeners and viewers know a little bit about you and why you're running. Absolutely. I've been in Colorado Springs since 1992. I always leave this part out. I came here in 83 for a short stint and went to um, Palmer High School. Okay. Yeah, my sister had moved out here on a ski trip and... um, I um, came to visit with her and went to school, and then I ended up going back to Texas, and then I came back here in 1992 with my children. Wonderful. And why are you running? I am running because I love to serve the community. I've been in service to the community for 20 years, uh, teaching, assisting, volunteering in the community, and I just feel like this is a great transition into service on the city council. Very well. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Yeah, let's get specific. Uh, My first question has to do with water and annexation and development. Uh, What is your stand on the 128% water rule and for extending water and other utilities to flagpole annexed developments? If it's necessary, we should do it. Okay. Any additional thoughts on that? No. No? Okay. All right. Shelly? Awesome. So my questions are also about water, kind of two-prong. we waste a lot of water. Landscaping uses approximately 78%, whether that's the resort who's got a broken sprinkler system for a couple days, the uh, city-owned golf course with beautiful curb appeal, um, and I, as a realtor, I understand curb appeal, or my neighbor who plants Kentucky bluegrass, right? How can we do better? Number one, what are your thoughts on doing better for that? And then the second part is, should the city consider extending water and other utilities to subdivisions located outside the city that may never be annexed as part of being a regional water provider? Well, the last question first. Yes, ma'am. It, it, I don't think that we should take care of, you know, or be responsible for if it's not Colorado Springs. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Because that's what it's about, Colorado Springs, right? Very good. And then the first one was, how can we do better about not wasting so much water? What are your thoughts on doing better? It is a, each individual has to be responsible and take responsibility for it. And we can continue to give them ideas, but it's it's an individual responsibility. Okay. Very good. Thank you, ma'am. Bye. Uh, Chinita, where do you stand on accessory dwelling units being allowed in single-family residential areas? I feel that when a person invests in a home, it is their right to be able to use that property the way that they, you know, need to, and to make it available, you know, as an ordinance and a, you know, make it okay to do that. I think that that's great. To have you know auxiliary um, 
home. Or how, what did you call it again? Accessory dwelling unit. Accessory dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, per, a, a property owner should have that right. So across the board, citywide, if you own the property, you should be allowed to. Well, I'm sure there there would have to be some additional consideration that I have not actually done the research into every situation that mm-hmm. may uh, you know exist. Mm-hmm. But um, if you have a proper space to um, allow a dwelling unit, I can't understand why it would not be allowed. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like for the most part, you would side with private property rights and, and yes. allow the homeowner to do that. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you, Chef. Um, another housing question. Um, affordable housing, whether it's affordable housing attainability, um, affordable housing crisis, whatever you want to call it, we have affordable housing issues. There's townhomes right down from me, brand new, going up for $400,000. How? Um, what are your plans to address that? Being new in this whole yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, housing issue, I my ideas are quite um, simplistic because there are some variables I'm sure I don't have. But I do feel that a a a way to lessen the need for for um, people to be able to live indoors would be to offer incentives to property owners whose property has been sitting vacant for two or three years. Why would you want your property to remain vacant? I, I can't understand that. But um, so why wouldn't we have some kind of incentive to use that property to house people. Um, And the type of program that I see would be that we would first do an intake on a person who is experiencing um, issues with housing and that they they are employed, that they do keep a, a job. And if that's the issue that they're not keeping a job, that's a different issue. But a person that has a job should be housed. A person that has an income should be housed. So um, I know we're smart enough to develop temporary housing or a proper dwellings for people who are having a challenge with, with housing. Thank you. Uh, Colorado Springs Police Department is short approximately 70 officers from its authorized strength. Uh, And this is while crime, homicides, and car crashes are on the rise. Uh, How would you address public safety and specifically the shortage of officers at the police department? The shortage of officers in the police department for, at this point, based on my limited knowledge, Mm is questionable. I feel that the training of the officers is the problem. Mm -hmm. Instead of a militaristic um, attitude of basically, you know, taking people out or, you know, it, it should be changed back 
to being in service to protect, you know, that's that phrase. What was what is it? To, to serve, serve and to protect. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. That that's what we should think of and that's a type of treatment or um how can I say? Um <clears throat> Well, that's what we ex- that's what that's what we should be able to expect from police. Mm-hmm. So you don't think there's a an officer shortage issue? You think it's a training issue? Yes. Okay. All right, Shelly. Um, one of the calls that police sometimes get called out for homelessness, right? Um, what really not sure what part of town you live in, but whether wherever you live, mm-hmm. if you're driving around town, you see it. Right, and it's not just in Colorado Springs; it's a national issue. Yes. What are what are your plans to address our specific city homelessness yeah. issues? Well, I've actually had the opportunity to work on a ho- um, homeless outreach team mm-hmm. in the past. Um, yes, we talked, went out, and actually spoke with the homeless people um, to see what the um, what the issue in the really is. And from what I talked when, when I spoke to a lot of different people, they were coming from other cities. They were homeless where they were, and they came here to be homeless. So I feel that I'm not sure how we got known to be the place to live and be homeless, but that seems to be a message that's out there. Come to Colorado Springs and be homeless. So that is what I feel needs to change, that it's not acceptable, it's homelessness is not something that Colorado Springs is going to um, sweep under the carpet or just let happen. No, we have decisive things that we do. We're not going to allow you to live on the um, banks of the the ditches, you know, or what? What, what is that called? The waterways. Yeah, the well, waterways. Ways, That's right. not allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if if they if if we want to provide a campsite for them, that that would be another uh, decision that would need to be made. But to just be able to uh, camp along the waterways, that has to be like zero. Um, Tolerance. Yes, tolerance zero tolerance. Um, so kind of a follow-up question, though, from what you mentioned. So you would support, like, if there was a camp specifically designated, that would be something that you would support? I would support that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you. Ryan. Uh, if you were elected, do you foresee asking the voters for any tax increases or additional fees? At this time, I can't see i actually haven't crunched the numbers to see you know where all the money is going i have read the budget um but not being an accountant or you know just i have i couldn't say i couldn't say okay and i don't foresee it you know i can't foresee it okay um city council members get paid six thousand two hundred and fifty dollars a year one of the things that the league has worked on um, for many years is raising city council pay. Not one of the most popular opinions, I will say that. Um, what is your thoughts on raising city council pay to a reasonable amount to be inclusive of others who don't have the ability to do this as a full-time job, as their only job, like retirees? I feel that the fact that the position has been described as something that retirees could do 
is the problem. When I learned that the schedule was you go to work on Monday at 10 and you're there until about 2 and then you work all day on Tuesday and then you have several meetings throughout the month. I didn't find that to be, you know, anything that a person that worked, you know, to take care of themselves could not handle. So so you do not support the increase in pay then. Is that correct? Is that what I understand? Mm, I'm not sure. I can't, I I really can't say whether I do or don't. You know, when it comes to the actual numbers on things, I haven't really crunched the numbers to say, okay, well, everybody across the board that serves on the city council should make, you know, X amount. Okay. Thank you. Oh, go ahead, because the next one's the lead question, my sec- right? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, okay, so, so my next... Um, I'll defer. Um, what are your thoughts? Also kind of a league issue about voter turnout. Your thoughts on moving the spring municipal elections that you're involved in now to the fall to help increase voter turnout, and not necessarily during the gubernatorial or presidential, but school board elections are coming up, right? Obviously, that's one thing that we work on in the odd-numbered years. So help increase voter turnout by moving them from the spring to the fall, and also possibly saving the city up to $600,000 per election year. What are your thoughts there? From what you just told me, it that sounds reasonable. Okay. So you would support it? I would. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Great. All right. Chenita, we're out of uh, specific questions, so maybe you could take just a couple of minutes to wrap us up and let voters know why they should vote for you. Well, I am a formidable candidate. I consider myself a person who is able to learn and take instructions. Um, I also am a I like to work with groups, and I feel that I can continue to help Colorado Springs grow in a way that it's going to benefit our grandchildren. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, you've Thank been watching you. or listening to a joint podcast effort by 6035 Media and the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. Be sure to follow Making Democracy Work and check out lwvppr.org for more information about our candidate forums in March. And keep checking in with 6035 Vote to make sure your vote is an informed one. This podcast is produced and directed by Dave Gardner. I'm Brian Grossman, Executive Editor. And I'm Shelley Roars, Spokesperson for the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. See you next time. Hi, I'm Dave Gardner. And I'm Nick Raven. We're the podcast producers here at 6035 Media. 6035 Vote is just one of a growing family of hyperlocal podcasts that we're creating. And these are for you, someone who wants to engage fully in your community. We've got the 6035, which is a quick, lively recap of the top news stories of the week. It's my favorite. It's really great and often funny. I love having you as a guest, actually. I do, too. And then we have Hot Takes and Streaming Breaks, which is a potpourri of news and commentary about movies, gaming, TV, streaming, and just so much more. It's for youthful heart, and, you know, that could be anyone, really. Yeah, I'm surprised I even really enjoy it because Nick hosts that, and uh, he's, he's witty. Well, and the cool thing is that you can watch both of these podcasts on YouTube. Or you can listen to them on the go in your favorite podcast app. And there's a couple more, uh, but you can also visit 6035media.org slash podcast to see them, browse them, sample them. And then subscribe to the ones that you like. And then subscribe to this YouTube channel. Yeah. And if you really love it all, like we do, uh, you, can we do. Just, you can just subscribe to the 6035 Podcast Network 
podcast, which is a conglomeration of all the episodes, all the brilliance and humor that emanates from the studio. Absolutely. And there's a lot of it. So like and subscribe today and go listen to them all or watch them. What he said. Good. Thanks. Got it? That wasn't so painful.